Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Today I'm partnering with reporter Brianna Frank. Hi, I'm excited for my first time on Valley 101. So why don't you tell everyone how we got this question that we're going to answer today? I'm passionate about covering autism, and I myself was diagnosed as having autism spectrum disorder when I was 20. I've written articles about autism a few times, and I started asking readers what questions they have about living with autism in Arizona. This one caught our eye. Kim Doss from Tucson asked, quote, How do we get the state and service providers to support adults with autism with the same fervor as they do kids? Arizona is exemplary with kids. Since my son became an adult, though, it's pretty depressing what's available. End quote. This question stood out to me because sources and experts in the autism community bring this up to me all the time. The fact that adults with autism don't get the same level of support as kids. And a lot of people say that's because autism is seen as a, quote, kids disorder. There is obviously a really wide spectrum of needs for adults with autism, and we can't possibly address all of them in this one episode. But we do want to give a primer on what it's like to be an adult with autism in the Valley. So whether you are or know someone with autism, or if you don't, I think you'll learn something new or get a new perspective from this episode. Let's dive in. It's worth beginning by answering the question, what is autism? Autism spectrum disorder is a developmental disability. People with autism can have difficulty communicating and interacting with other people and have restricted interests and repetitive behaviors. But because autism is a spectrum, there's no one type of autism. People with autism can have skills ranging from highly gifted to severely challenged. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, one in 59 kids in the U.S. is diagnosed with ASD. Symptoms of autism usually appear in the first few years of a kid's life, and the average age of diagnosis is around four. In this episode, we're focusing on adults with autism here in the Valley. So what is it like to be an adult with autism here? I found a man who talked to us about just that. I am Aaron Kov. Aaron is 30 years old, and when we talked with him at the Arizona Republic office in downtown Phoenix, he had painted nails and wore a necklace with a pendant on it that caught my eye. Yeah, it has my fiance's name on it. (laughs) This is what he told us about being diagnosed with autism. So I was actually diagnosed in high school, but what prompted me to get diagnosed for it was actually, um, like mostly, like I knew I was different than other people. I had special interests that are like, you know, that the public generally doesn't care about. (laughs) Um, Traffic lights, elevators, um, trying to think, trains, planes. And now those I know aren't too special, but it is what it is. We asked what resources he was offered when he was diagnosed in high school. I didn't feel, I didn't get offered anything at all, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I tried to sign up for some stuff like the anti-bullying campaigns and stuff, but those are more generalized. They weren't, there was nothing catered to autism. I did see special education classes, but that doesn't solve anything for us high-functioning autistics. Um, there's literally nothing in the school that I noticed. I, and I, even when you walk past the special education room, you see things like blocks and stuff that you find in the kindergarten classroom. N- nothing that would 
cater towards even a teenage autistic, much less an adult autistic. This surprised me. If someone had another developmental disability, like cerebral palsy, I imagine they would be offered support services right away. But Aaron says he wasn't. And he thinks part of that is because of how old he was when he was diagnosed. Okay, so a great example is, even if one were to just go on Google and type in autism resources in Phoenix, you're going to mostly see everything says children, this, your child, this, child, this, resources for parents. There's nothing out there for the over 18 or even the over 12 crowd, to be honest with you. This is what people mean when they say autism is often seen as a kid's diagnosis. But why is that? To learn more about why that is and what's being done about it, we talked to a couple local leaders in the autism community. The first was Daniel Openden, who runs the Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center, or SARC. SARC is a nonprofit in Phoenix that conducts research in autism and provides therapeutic programs and classes for kids and adults with autism, as well as training for their families. It also has a blended school where kids with autism learn alongside neurotypical kids. I've interviewed Daniel on the phone before, but this was my first time visiting SARC's office in Central Phoenix. Hello. Hi. Hi. I finally get to meet you in person. Yes, Brianna. Nice Brianna, to meet you. Nice to meet you. Here's how Daniel explained the problems facing adults with autism. Um, I think, you know, what gets talked about and the analogy that gets used in most other um, big metro areas around the country is, is the services cliff. Um, that, uh, that kids that get through school and so maybe they go to high school until they're 21 and then as soon as school ends, they fall off this services club. Like there's nothing for them after they graduate high school. I had never heard of a services cliff for people with autism, but that's a big deal, especially considering about half a million people on the autism spectrum will age into adulthood over the next decade. Yeah, it happens at 21 because federal law requires schools to provide free special education services until students turn 21. After that, they're pushed out of the school system and lose all of that specialized instruction and structure. And there's no equivalent government program that takes over after that. So we know there's this cliff at 21, both nationally and here in Arizona, in part because of those federal laws on special education. But why else does it exist? There are a few reasons, and one is simply that people don't have as much compassion for the same symptoms in adults that they'll tolerate in a child. Like, kids are cute, right? They're adorable. They do funny things, you know, like, you know, a lot of, um, you know, six foot three, 37 year old um, men with autism are are not the cute two and three year old kids that we, you know, can play with uh, when we're working with kids. Another reason there's a cliff at 21 is that's often when other services end, and not just school. To learn more about autism services in the Valley and this cliff, Kayla and I met with Denise Resnick, who's been a giant in the local autism community for almost two decades. She's involved in everything. To understand where Phoenix is now for adults with autism, it helps to understand Denise's story, which starts in the early 90s when she had her son, Matthew. The journey started when he was about 15 months and we thought he was losing his hearing. And by the age of two, he was diagnosed with autism. And at that time we were told to love, accept, and plan to institutionalize our son because that's what would be best for him and for our family. 
It's surprising that we're talking about the 90s, which isn't that long ago, but Denise said there was just nothing available for her son back then. So she co-founded Sark, where Daniel's now CEO, back in 1997. She said back then almost nobody in the Valley was offering applied behavioral analysis or really any therapy specifically designed for people with autism. And so when I go back to those early days of what was available, I have to say it was pretty sparse. She was growing Sark at the same time that national awareness of and support for kids with autism was also growing in the late 90s and early 2000s. Arizona actually was at the forefront of a movement involving insurance reform for kids with autism. Here's Daniel again talking about Arizona almost a decade ago, around 2008. It used to be that if you had a diagnosis of autism and, uh, and your parent called uh, to try to get services through your insurance company, autism was an exclusionary disorder. That means insurance providers in Arizona didn't have to cover any care for someone with autism. Sark and other organizations and parents of kids with autism lobbied at the Arizona State Capitol and won a legal change to this. They passed an autism insurance mandate that required insurers in Arizona to cover autism-related services. We were the fourth state in the country to pass an autism insurance bill. I mean, here's one thing that Arizona could be really, we were first at something really good here, right? And we should, be, we should feel real proud of that. In 2008, Arizona passed Stevens Law, which required many private insurers to begin covering the costs of autism-related services. It went into effect in 2009. That changed the landscape entirely for autism in Arizona. Where Denise had once looked for a therapist for her son and found almost nothing, there was now an expanding landscape of service providers. Here's the downside. That bill, um, if you are between the years, ages of uh, up to age nine, you, your uh, mandated coverage is $50,000 a year. And from 10 until 16, it's $25,000 a year. Um, we, we know that autism doesn't necessarily stop at 16. So that bill was a big win for kids, but it did nothing for adults with autism, or I should say, anyone over 16. Other states have passed similar bills with no age cap, but here in Arizona, insured services can end at 16. It's not to say that there are absolutely no services for adults with autism. Sark offers individualized services for teens and adults with autism, but you pretty much either have to have great insurance or the money to pay for it on your own. Brianna, I know you did some research on what our state government offers for people with autism. Yeah, adults with disabilities can apply for Medicaid, and here that's administered through the Arizona Department of Economic Security's Division of Developmental Disabilities. Autism is a covered diagnosis, and people who qualify can get coverage for therapies, behavioral health services, or transportation, but it's somewhat limited and not really designed for adults who might only need a little help, like Aaron. So on both the state and national levels, all of this progress has been made in terms of research on and resources for kids with autism. When it comes to kids with autism, it's so much better than it was even 20 years ago. But that cliff still exists. Too often, individuals graduate from high school to a couch. Too often, individuals with autism slide backwards at a far greater rate in their development than any other disability group after high school. So something's not been working. 
It doesn't help that less than 2% of all funding for research on autism is directed to the experience of adulthood and aging. So it's not even clear what exactly isn't working. And when you look at the horizon of what's out there for adults, we're limited. Well, in some ways, I feel like we are today with those supports where we were some 20 years ago. They're out there, but they're not as plentiful. And we once again need to grow up with our kids now as adults. But we don't have time to wait 20 years. So what we need to do is to leap forward. So what would a better future look like? What other resources do people wish existed for adults with autism in Metro Phoenix? Here's Denise again. As much as we can talk about all kinds of interventions that Matt and others as adults might need, really the best intervention is a job. A job, whether it's volunteer or for pay, having purpose. We have huge unemployment among this population, which is a staggering 86% nationally. And whether you're a person with autism or a person with any diagnosis or, um, you know, having some meaningful, purposeful reason for you to get out of bed in the morning is a requirement. That's a huge focus for Daniel at Sark, which has a program to teach people with autism, 16 or older, everything they need to know about getting a job. You know, our goal is to help people with autism, adults with autism, live uh, and maximize their ability to live independently. You cannot live independently if you don't have a job. I mean, so we've focused um, pretty heavily on employment. We've got now about 75 employment partners. Aaron, the man we talked to who was diagnosed with autism at 16, does have a job. But he struggled to find or keep one for years, in part because autistic people often think very literally and have a hard time navigating complex social systems. Here's a job fair. Go to it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what's my next step? You know, I'm, I'm, it's almost like us autistic adults need a class we have to go to to learn how to be a member of society. Because a lot of these things that come naturally to most people do not come naturally to us. He also said he went to college for a while, but struggled to keep up. And so we looked into that a bit. What does Arizona have for students with autism? Colleges that receive federal funding are required to make school accessible to students with disabilities. So Arizona's three state universities and Maricopa Community Colleges all have some kind of resource center for students with disabilities. They offer tutoring, one-on-one -on -one meetings with support specialists, help while note-taking, test accommodations, and so on. But there's little that's targeted at students with autism. I talked with Arizona State University spokesperson Mina Rincon, and she said ASU has an unofficial program on the Tempe and Polytechnic campuses where students with autism can take a class about adjusting to adulthood and navigating the university. And University of Arizona has Project Focus, which is a dual enrollment transition program for students between 18 and 21 who have intellectual disabilities, which people with autism often also have. So that could help some. Still, it's rare for colleges to offer comprehensive programs that go above and beyond for students on the autism spectrum. Some in other states do, but not in Arizona. And Aaron says that what currently exists here is not enough. You know, even schools that, like colleges, like um, Maricopa Community Colleges, they pride themselves on gay rights inclusion, and they pride themselves on, uh, you know, um, LGBT, which, okay, great. You're like, okay, this must be a place where everyone can be included. 
well, they forgot about the, uh, um, you know, the mental disabilities, I feel. Eventually, he decided his best option was to start his own business as an IT consultant. While he loves the tech side of things, he struggles with the customer service part. You know, a, a lot of things us autistic adults lack is social skills. You know, th these simple things like holding the door open when someone's walking behind you or not crowding someone while they're typing in their pin on a credit card machine or whatever. And those little social things will eventually add up and they'll add up to, it, it can either cause you trouble because the person in front of you doesn't know, now they're going to, you know, punch you in the mouth. You know, you never know. <laughs> And he wishes people who don't have autism or neurotypical people had a better understanding of what it means to be an adult with autism. You know, I tell my clients like, uh, I'm autistic and they go, wow, well, you're, you must be very high function or wow, you're doing so well for yourself. They don't exactly understand what autism even is. Something needs to be done to help the general public realize that adults with autism exist because a lot of people don't even know what it is even. Um, and that will hopefully help alleviate the things like, okay, I will not be mad when this guy lets the door slam when I'm trying to walk towards it, you know, and stuff like that. Denise Resnick from Sark has hope for that kind of future. In fact, she's testing it at First Place Phoenix, an apartment complex she founded that is designed specifically for people with autism or other neurodiversities. It opened in 2018 and is one of the first of its kind in the country. We visited First Place near 3rd Street and Thomas Road in November. Good to see you again. Good to see you. This is Kayla. It kind of looks like a college dorm, with modern architecture and a pool and lots of shared areas for groups to hang out. Except it also has sound barriers blocking out street sounds and special lighting to mitigate sensory issues. We provide quite a few supports around life skills. Some people need more help in cooking and shopping, others with budgeting, others with um, cleaning their apartments and doing their laundry and taking care of themselves. We have several individuals who came here and who weren't doing anything. Um, now 91% of our residents are employed or volunteering in the community. So everyone, nearly everyone is doing something. It has social events and life skills classes and programs to teach people how to live on their own. It's near a light rail stop so residents can use public transit. Here's the catch. Rent for an apartment and all of those services starts at $3,900 a month. And right now, Arizona doesn't offer subsidies for programs like First Place. But Denise wants First Place to be a proving ground where she can use its successes to show lawmakers and leaders in Arizona and across the country what effective programs for adults with autism could look like. And it's where we needed to start, to demonstrate the model and to demonstrate that we're gonna get great outcomes, and we are. The rate of autism in children continues to rise, and that means a future with more autistic adults than ever. Finding better ways to help adults with autism is essential for the health of our communities. Denise hopes that someday soon, policymakers will see programs like hers are part of an effective plan for that growing community of autistic adults, and that they'll start providing government funding for it. Brianna, having been diagnosed with autism as an adult, what is your hope for the future? I dream of a future where you don't have to plan an experience or an activity with your disability in mind, where you could go to any restaurant or to any other type of experience and know that 
you will have an accommodation for you. And, and it doesn't take a special effort that you have to think about, should I bring headphones or do I have to bring something else that is going to help me manage whatever sensory input that experience will give me? In other words, I hope that there is a future where having autism is just as normal as not having it. Brianna, thank you so much for helping me and all of us understand this complex issue. I hope this podcast gives people a better understanding of what autism is and what it looks like in adults. I myself have had several people tell me that they don't think I have autism just because I don't, quote, look autistic. So I've faced a lot of those stereotypes, and I'm really hopeful that in the future, those won't be nearly as prevalent. Absolutely. Thanks again. Well, listeners, that's it for today. You can submit your questions about Metro Phoenix to us at valley101.azcentral.com. Big thank you to Taylor Seeley, who helped me produce this episode. As always, thank you for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. See you next week.